Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Hope you're being safe out there with your driving as you are listening to us. It is raining on the south side of town, so be careful. The streets are slick. With that, Terry, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. What's your personal and family health report? Everybody's fine. I mean, I'll test me tomorrow, see how she's doing. I'm feeling fine. Tomorrow's my final day. It's 10 days, so no more mask or, or anything like that. Uh, let me ask you a question. Why do you think uh, nothing's been done with Nazem Kadri yet? I think they didn't prioritize high enough. If they really, 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 really want him back, they could have been the, put the very best effort on the table from the start, said if you don't take it, then we'll move on. And I, I think they're just kind of waffling on deciding whether they can – make the moves necessary to open up the cap space to bring him back. Well, I would agree. They're trying to open up the cap space. And uh, I've talked to a couple of people today and the the most popular names out there to potentially be moved are names that you and I've talked about, Sam Gerard and comfort. But uh, I talked to two specific people today and both made an argument for either guy. Meaning, one guy said to me today, who's very much in the know, he said to me, who is really going to want a third-line center for $3.5 million in TJ Comfort? That's a fair point. The other person said to me, and you and I talked about this yesterday, and I believe it was your point, Gerard is a bargain moving forward, but I think we can both agree. It's not that he's necessarily expendable, but you can certainly win without him because you have enough talent. He's replaceable. Your blue line. He is replaceable. Yes. There's no question about it. I think the Avs are trying to uh, either trade, probably one of them. They're looking into it. But now I read a report today that the New York Islanders are jumping into the fray about Kadri, and they certainly have the space to bring him back because they have over $11 million left on their, on their cap. <laughs> so he could be a possibility, talking about Kadri, potentially going there. The Kadri party, the Kadri representation, the, the – uh the entire situation in my mind is rewarding. It's interesting because of the patience. Everybody went out and threw money at people, got people signed. And then now they're sitting back and saying, saying that Kadri uh, is out there. Let's see if he fits what we can do and what we can pay. And let's see if Kadri's number comes down too. Well, a lot of the money is gone. Generally speaking on the first couple of days of free agency, uh, teams tend to blow their load and I'm sure Kadri is thinking there thinking wait or sitting there thinking uh, where's my money we know term is important to him as well at 31 Uh, turning 32 absolutely a a term is very very important he wants at least five years I think over seven million a year will get it done Uh, but to your point um, you know, you, you do look at his age. One person I talked to today, I said, do you think his history has anything to do with it? And he said, absolutely not. His history has nothing to do with this. At the end of the day, the guy proved he can play. Look what he went through during the playoffs. This guy had a career year and he 
doesn't believe uh, what has happened in his past being suspended from the playoffs last year has anything to do with offers. This person said to me he believes there are offers, but I believe he desperately wants to come back to the Avs, and that's why he is waiting. On the personal level, you and I can, can disagree. On the personal level, you and I can agree to disagree on that because I think memories are longer than you're giving them credit right. for. But that's just what I think, and that's what okay. you think. All right, with that. And and you're going to stick to it. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Man seems hard to believe Broncos training camp starts a week from this Wednesday as the Broncos... It's done a very, very long time. I'm talking about decades. They're trying to snap a streak of the second longest playoff drought in the NFL as they have missed the postseason for six consecutive seasons. Only the Jets are worse. They've missed the playoffs 11 years in a row. Uh, NFL Network's Adam Shine wrote a terrific article titled Teams Who Missed the Playoffs Who Are Most Likely to Make It This Year. In order, he lists the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Jaguars, and the Giants. You like this order? Should it be different? Well, most significantly, he named four AFC teams right there. So if the Broncos jump up and are the third team on that list, who drops out from teams that made the playoffs last year? That would be the big question in my mind. You have to go down and— Well, you look— You look at—you know, you don't want to throw Cincinnati out. They've got Joe Burrow. I guess the teams you'd throw out— Well, they made the playoffs last year, right. Right. The Raiders. I'm saying Tennessee and the Raiders are the two that I would— throw out as major possibilities. So if the Broncos are third on the list and only two drop out of the playoff picture, then the, no, the Broncos don't make it. But if, if they, if it's that, that is the correct order and they are the third team to break through in the AFC three of the four, then they have a chance to make the playoffs. I think that if the Broncos and the Dolphins flip divisions, the Broncos would be number two. The only reason the Dolphins are in Second place, according to Shine, is because of the division they play in. That's yeah. it. Yes, That's but it. you still have to figure that in when, when handicapping the Broncos' chances. Sure, no question. But then again, they have a last place schedule. So I'm not going to say they have a pair of layups on their schedule, but they certainly have easier roads against a couple of teams on their last place schedule than, say, the Chiefs or the Raiders. Can I say I'm, I'm raising my eyebrows considerably and vehemently over the Jaguars being included on that list? I think they're still a ways away. Oh, they're definitely a ways away. I mean, you would think the Chargers are going to finally make it yes. now that they brought in Khalil Mack to team with Bosa after they brought in arguably the best cornerback on the market. Now that Derwin James, you could make the case, is healthy. They're really good defensively. And offensively, they have two really good wide receivers, starting with Keaton McCardell. Eckler's a pretty good player. And then we know all the stats that a Justin Herbert can throw up. Um, they're, they're a pretty loaded team. They're a pretty loaded team, but I I like the Broncos just for this reason alone. And I like them actually for a lot of reasons, you know, all the criticism we heard from some media members, which to me, and I'll say it again, is an absolute joke. All of the traveling that Russell Wilson did, he went to Wembley stadium and went with Nathaniel Hackett. And how many people, how many people, how many people have said that? Or are we in the media kind of creating a straw? straw man argument there a little bit. I mean, have you heard no. that? Have you heard that much? 
Yep, I have. I, I, I guess. Yes, I have. I guess we're in different circles because of mostly what I hear about it is people people setting it up to knock it. If that's what people say, if they get off to a bad start, and not necessarily saying. Well, I'll put it to you this way: there there are four different types in theory of media. You have your newspaper media. Okay, what's that? And so. Exactly. It's disappearing. So I haven't seen Kisler write anything about that. Ryan O'Halloran hasn't written anything about that. And those are the two main guys that cover the Broncos. You have television media. And I'll be honest, as a former TV guy, I would always take a stand and do commentaries. This is not a knock on any of the TV guys in town. Mm -hmm. They all do a fantastic job, but none of them are the type of guys, and I know most of them personally, are the type that truly stir it up, really good at what they do, but they're not a stir it up type. Then you have your bloggers, and bloggers tend to be fanboys. I hate to say it. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. A or, lot, not all, or, but a lot. Or clickbaiters. And, then, and you have local sports talk radio. And that's what I'm referring to. My point is, what is Russell Wilson doing right now? It's as if he has half the offense with him right but, now at his San Diego compound, and he's working out. But, who, but who's who has been saying that? More, I think more and more it's more it's us in this medium here, Sports Talk Radio, and in writing saying, "Boy, there are a lot of idiots knocking Russell Wilson for his travels around the world during a, as training camp is leading up." But they're knocking the people who are saying that, and then they don't say who's saying it. Who is saying? Well, here's. Here's the thing. If you and I were, I'm not going to call out anybody on air. I'm not. I really haven't heard that many people guys. say it. Well, then you need to listen then, to the radio. Then all we're doing is we're knocking people. We're knocking non-existent people who are saying no. non-existent. Terry, Terry, Terry. Okay. I don't know who you follow on your Twitter feed, and I don't know who you listen to in your car, but it's not hard to find. I'm not going to name names. I can't say that more clearly enough. If you haven't heard this, I have when I drive I really around, haven't. We've got I, I hear people talking about it, but only to say how stupid it is. There you go. My point is it's a ridiculous argument. I'm acknowledging that. What I'm saying is look at Rus what Russell Wilson is doing right now. Yes. He's working out with a whole bunch of guys, and yes, he's posting it on social media. And that really is kind of how Russell Wilson operates i am not suggesting by the way and watch me step into it right here as hot take guy but russell wilson has a little tim tebow in him he likes everyone to know what he's doing he wants to broadcast it out there look at me lift weights look at me run look at me look at me on vacation look at me with my wife it's very much a look at me if that's how you want to operate that's fine i'm just saying he's a look at me guy He's a very nice guy. He's a winner. He works really hard, but he wants everybody to know what he's doing. Honestly, I don't mind if he does that, considering his history. I do have a problem with a guy like Jerry Judy doing that, showing every three-cone drill he's running in a park somewhere in Kearney, Nebraska, and wanting everybody <laughs> to see how hard he's working. I think we mostly agree on this. Uh, we mostly agree on this. Uh, Russell Wilson, at times, is playing the role of quarterback. Well, he is a quarterback, and he's a first yes. ballot Hall of Famer. But he's also, he's he's also a, playing the role of it, too. Well, and he's no, very, very, Peyton, very, very, very good at it, and I don't see anything wrong with it particularly. I'll put it to you this way. He's a self-promoter. That's what he is. Yeah, that's pretty much nope. ties him with, with pretty with uh, roster from top to bottom in the NFL. Well, um, 
you you really didn't see a Tom Brady being a self promoter. Now commercials, yes, he would he would make oh, jokes on social media. He's a self promoter in terms of TB twelve. But you don't see his every move, like where in the world is Carmen San Diego on social media? So you, you don't say, see that. You didn't see that with Peyton Manning. So you're saying, is this good or bad for Russell Wilson? Now you're confusing me. I, I didn't say it's good or bad. I'm just stating a fact. Wherever this guy is, he, he social media to him, like Twitter, is his own personal GPS. Mm-hmm. He lets everybody knows where he lets everybody know where he is. That I mean, again, he's down there in San Diego, and I've seen plenty of video on Twitter today, and that's fine. But he wants everybody to know that he's working. He wants everybody to know that he's traveling. I've never I've uncovered too many guys like that. I brought up Jerry Judy because during the offseason, I believe during his rookie season, he would love to show the guys he's beating at the park. That's what he would do. He'd go out to a park and he'd torch guys with great route running. And you're thinking, wow, look at this guy. And then you then you think to yourself, he found a guy in a park to beat as his cornerback. And he's a great route runner, don't get me wrong. But Jerry Judy hadn't proved anything yet. Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, is a look-at-me guy. I'm not even apologizing. All you have to do is look at his social media feed. Go to Twitter, click on media, and all you see are videos where he has been over the last two months. But then again, I'll be honest with you. The Broncos knew that coming in. Seattle knew that as well, and that's one reason why they didn't want him around anymore. It was a mutual parting between Russell Wilson and Seattle. They looked at it as shtick. They were tired of it. They were tired of his team, and now he's here with the Broncos, and they are more than fine with it as long as the Broncos win. But with all due respect, you're sounding like you're, you're being nudged into the corner criticizing Russell Wilson for his off-season regimen and wanderings. When in, in point of fact, I really haven't heard that, except the only, the only people who bring up his off-season regimen and wanderings are those who are, who are saying, boy, what, only the idiots are criticizing him for it. It's a straw man argument. No, no, no. I'm not criticizing I know you're him. not. I'm saying, but, but I'm saying the, the, the way this comes up, the way his off-season regimen yeah. and, and show business leanings and all that, the only time it comes up is when people are saying only idiots will criticize him for it. It isn't idiots criticizing him. It's we're saying only idiots will criticize him for it. I, I just don't. I, I don't think that. Pe- I don't think that stand is as widespread and pervasive as you do. No, I no, I don't think it's widespread and pervasive either. It just bothers me when I hear it because I think it's lazy analysis. I here. But who, I don't who think are you here saying that? I don't hear anybody saying that. Terry, if I was sitting across from me from the table, I'd be more than happy to tell you. I'm not going to call out people who I know on the air. I'm not going to do it. You can ask me a hundred different ways. My answer is flip on the radio. You'll hear it. No, thank you. That's it. Well, if your answer is no, thank you. Then you haven't heard it. That's all I have I'm not. Saying. I have not. I don't think it's as pervasive as you're making it sound. I respectfully I, 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 disagree I with you. I didn't say it's pervasive. I said I've heard it. Enough. That's all I'm saying. And then if, if, if and, and I and, and I think those people are wrong when it comes to let let's say Russell Wilson and his wife decided to go to Wimbledon. Go for it. It doesn't mean he doesn't work hard. That's the argument. 
this guy is playing around the world and he's not spending enough time playing football. What I am saying is this. I am looking at his Twitter feed right now. He is pushing a cart one day. He's playing football with his son the next day. He's on a boat with somebody else the next day. He's on a tennis court the next day. I'm just saying he's a self-promoter. And that's and but I that's won't, in a separate if issue. If anybody wants to argue with me about that, that's fine. But that's a separate issue. I'm not the issue. The two. The issue is that's what I'm saying. The issue is those who were allegedly criticizing him for being a world wanderer and having a social life and and visiting places with his wife. I don't hear anybody knocking him. The only people knocking it, bringing that up, are those who are saying only idiots Terry, are knocking him for it. Terry. I, I'm going to say this the final time. Turn on the radio. If you don't listen to your car on the radio, listen to all the stations. I can't help you. Unless you want me to drive with you, and I'll change the stations for you. I drive in my car all the time. I flip to every single station in town that does sports. I hear it. Just because a, a tree falls in the forest and you weren't there doesn't mean it didn't make a okay. noise. Okay, I'll disagree with you on that one. Got it? Yep. Okay, you could disagree with me on that one, too. That's fine. Coming up after the break, Tiger Woods uh, missed the cut today at the Open, but his walk-up 18 was as memorable as it got. Did we really witness the end of an era? That's next. You could get shown up, tangled up, lay back and lazy. Pour it on easy now. Don't spill a bit. Nothing but time tonight. Let's get to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Siltahar Mazda. Loaded with inventory. You can get the right car at the right price. You're going to love the Mazda CX-5 or the Mazda CX-30 with gas prices the way they are. You want a ride that's going to have 32 miles to the gallon on the highway. That's the CX-30+. plus. It's all-wheel drive, leather trim seats, great power. Siltahar, they have been around for over 60 years serving Colorado families. So if you are in the market for a Mazda, you got to get to Siltahar Mazda. Go to Broomfield today or check them out at sthmazda.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group. Focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Tiger Woods missed the cut at the open at St. Andrews. Got a standing ovation as he walked up the 18th fairway. Uh, Terry, I happened to watch it live. Did you watch it live as well, or you weren't able to catch it? No, I didn't see it live. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular. Um, uh, Rory McIlroy w- was way behind him. Uh, the, the, the His playing partners allowed him to have that moment by himself. His caddy didn't wor- walk next to him either. It was just Tiger walking up the 18th fairway. And it was it was memorable. I wish I had seen least. it, to be honest. Oh, you can watch it on every highlight show if yeah. you want to. Because they, they will certainly take that. I just happened to be up, and I happened to have the TV on, and I was watching the Open. Anyway, Wood says he doesn't plan on um, making 
his final appearance in an open uh, after this season. He's planning on playing in the open again, but this will likely be his last at St. Andrews, where he has won twice before, plus another open title for a total of three. Next time the open will be at St. Andrews will be in 2027 when he is 51 years old. Uh, does it feel like, and you'd probably really have to watch the video of it. And when you see it, then feel free to give me a call two, three in the morning, whenever you want. To okay. Theory. But, but, it, but it kind of feels like this is the end of the, an era, even though Tiger Woods is not done playing. It really jumped out at me. You know how, you know, you, you've done the math, you understand it, you understand the reality, but it really jumped out at me when in only five years, he's going to be 51 years old. I mean, if he right. comes back to St. Andrews, I can see him playing there at 51, uh, depending on the level to which he is willing to kind of slide and be a, almost an honorary figure. And I, he, I think he's got too much pride for that. So I, I, I think he's probably played his last at St. Andrews. But I think very I much, th- very much this is the end of an era. You know, I, I covered Tiger, for lack of a better phrase. I was working in Atlanta and I was anchoring at CNN when he burst onto the scene in 1997. And the only reason why I'm bringing up CNN was if I was working locally, I probably would have followed it more from afar Mm -hmm. as a local broadcaster, but being at CNN and we are all over Tiger Woods first tournament, I believe it was at the John Deere classic. And then he played in the masters. It was a big deal in that sports room because it was all tiger all the time. I know you have covered golf far longer than I have. I'm not suggesting he's the greatest golfer of all time. Because many would say, oh, I am. Oh, you are. Yeah. Oh, you are. Yes. Okay. You can throw throw all those names out, like Bobby Jones, Gene Harrison, Sam Snead, Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, all of them. All of them. But he's the best one ever. Hmm. I guess the only thing I would say that would, and, and I'm not knocking Tiger. I'm not knocking Tiger at all. But I guess what I would ask is, who were his contemporaries? And this is why I'm bringing it up. So let me finish real quick, because you're a boxing guy. When people being the greatest, he had contemporaries in Joe Frazier and Joe and, and Foreman. When you look at a guy like Larry Holmes, a lot of people don't even look at Larry Holmes as one of the top 10 boxers of all time. Certainly not top five heavyweights. And the reason is he didn't have contemporaries. Yeah, he came My up. Question he, he, is, yeah, he was boxing during a period of a void in the elite nature of the heavyweight boxing world. Tiger never truly had a contemporary. People thought it would be Sergio Garcia, but he really wasn't. People thought it might be Phil Mickelson. I think Mickelson actually started before Tiger did. But I don't know if he truly had a contemporary like Nicholas did with Arnold Palmer early on in his career. And then Tom Watson and Gary Player and Lee Trevino, where it felt like they didn't necessarily rotate titles, but still Trevino, Player, Palmer, they and Watson. They would look at Tiger's contemporaries as if it was split up so many different ways. Um you 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 have, you have poked fun at me every once in a while for being such a such, I'm not a, him for such a get off the lawn traditionalist of which I'm very proud to claim to stake that position out most of the time. In this case, this might surprise you, but I think there there if you're talking about the contemporaries for Tiger Woods, there were more good golfers then than were 
and were his contemporaries for Palmer and Nicholas. And in in the rivalries, the individual rivalries, in some sense, were greater because there wasn't as many good players. And I think I think right. they, you know they they're faceless sometimes. They drive you crazy because they all seem alike. There's no particular color uh, or uh, humor or anything else on the circuit. But I think there are more good golfers now and and during Tiger's prime. I think there are more good golfers than ever. They just we just don't really follow them as religiously and put them up individually on a pedestal as much. I think numerically there are more good golfers than ever. No, I agree with you on that. And back then, I don't think there were as many good golfers. You and I are in complete lockstep on that. What I'm saying is when you look at the top five guys and then you look at Nicholas at the top, Trevino, <laughs> player, you know, whatever, okay? They were all tightly wound yes. and they were a bunch. One Were they just those five guys, just four or five guys just dominated? In today's game, it's harder to dominate. I'm with you on that. And it's funny because you look at Jack Nicholas's career. I think I said this to Nolan or, or maybe I said this to Alex. People don't realize Jack Nicholas had a nickname when he came up in golf and it wasn't the bear. It was fat Jack. Yeah. He was out of shape. He was roly poly and he was still playing great golf. Tiger Woods took it to a whole new level of fitness and everything else. I, I could easily make an argument. He's the greatest golfer of all time. What I do think is the most important argument is he's the most important golfer in the history. Of oh, the there's no question about it. He, he brought the game beyond it to lead his constituency to a different level on the public interest front. And uh, he's also the best. That's a pretty good combination. Right. And with all the things that he did, a must-watch sport. Yeah, I mean, must-watch to the point where I probably won't be well, watching. They were over, well, I won't be watching over ratings. the weekend. Would you have watched if he made the cut? Yes, I would have set the alarm clock. I, I don't know how early he watch, would have been playing. Did you watch the opening round? Yes, bits and pieces. We, we okay. had, it's one of those things in our house, uh, it was on, but we were not sitting down and religiously watching it. We were kind of, you know, the other thing about golf now, and I think it buttresses the point that there are more good players than ever. You see names on leaderboards are, who are really, really good players and well-known to the real golf aficionados, but to the general interest sports fan like me, I look up and I say, who is that? And I know he's a great golfer, but I haven't followed him religiously and I have to right. go learn about him. And right. I'm willing to well, go learn about him, though. Yeah. All right, coming up after the break, the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge. The odds are out for the Avs to win the Stanley Cup. Would you take the odds that have been laid on them, considering they're not that great, or would you roll the dice a little bit more if you only had 100 bucks and you had to spend it all on one team? Who would you take? We'll talk about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. 
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. All right, every Friday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty, Calcade, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. Now that most of free agency has been settled, the Avs remain by far and away the favorites to win the Stanley Cup next season. Odds seem to range from 7-2 to two to 9-2, to two, generally speaking, 4-1, to one, depending on the site, Toronto or the Tampa Bay Lightning, second choice at roughly 9-1. to one. With the Avs, Terry, being 4-1, to one, and I gave you 100 bucks, and you had to spend it all on one team, would you put it on the Avs, or would you want better odds with another team? I want better odds than that. And it's interesting the way the uh, the other teams are fluctuating considerably behind the Avalanche, depending on what site you're on. But if the one I'm looking at is taken as gospel, the New York Rangers are 1600, plus 1,600. That's who I would take. Uh, they, I, they remind me a little bit of the Avalanche a couple of years ago. Young team. Uh, they do have a great goaltender. Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox, Chris Kreider, at, Artemi Panarin, and you go down the line, that's a team waiting to break out. For 16 to 1, they got my money. 100 bucks. Yeah. And you know what? I won't argue with that at all because a lot of people said about the Rangers that they were a year ahead of schedule. I think it's going to be tougher to get out of the East. I think the, the path is cleared right now for the Avalanche to make it back to the Stanley Cup final. Now, will they win it? I don't know. What's going to happen with their new goalie tandem, or specifically uh, Gorgiev, their new goalie? I suppose we will wait and see. But 4-1, to one, this early, that those aren't big enough odds for me. I don't know if I'd put a full 100 on that. Real quick, yes or no? You think signing Kadri will make it 3-1? to one? Yes. Wow. Then maybe I'll bet 4-1. to one. <laughs> Guys, what do you think? Um, who do you think the team will be to come out of the East? Well, the Rangers. And uh, I think Tampa Bay has one more run in them. Not Florida, huh? No. And then, hmm. again, the, you know, they're, at the list I'm looking at, they're plus 1,000. So it's 10 to 1. That would be a good buy, too. Am I crazy in liking Carolina? No, you're not. I, I thought that's one team that might not be a good matchup for the Avs. Why would you say they're not a good matchup? I, I, I just think they would have been the tougher. They, they Outside of maybe Tampa, they would have been the toughest matchup. Perhaps, yeah. Carolina's goaltender situation last in the playoffs was so messed up that that, that really changed the picture. Right. No, and I agree with you. So, four to one odds. I don't, I don't know if I can go to, I don't know if I can go with four to one odds. What if they don't get Kadri? You think it suddenly becomes five to one? No, I think it'll stay about four to one. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you, you know, and when we're talking again, and I think sometimes there's always the misconception that the odds makers are, are setting these. They, well, they set the initial lines, but then the, right. then the public changes the lines. And it's interesting to me the way the Avalanche have pretty much stayed 4-1 to one all the way through the process, the early, early, early process, and now is, is the unrestricted free agency period. Uh, it, 
that reaps its change. Well, if you're saying that the odds really haven't moved on the abs, then not a lot of money is going on them either way. No. Or at least it's balanced. Or at the very least, it is balanced out 50-50. Yeah. But I'm surprised 4-1 to one with their goaltending situation. I know we said it last year, and you and I can respectfully disagree on this. To me, what they did this year, it was an outlier. It's what the Buccaneers did when they won a Super Bowl. It's what the Ravens did when they won a Super Bowl. I mean, how many times has a team without essentially a Hall of Fame quarterback won a Super Bowl? It's happened maybe three, four times in the last 20 years. It doesn't you, happen very often. Are you saying that they, they will settle back to the pack in the sense that they will require elite goaltending to win the Stanley Cup again? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Unless <laughs> I won't argue with of, that. What's that? I won't argue with that. I'm glad you're not because I'm glad that we're getting, we're having some common ground here because I do generally speaking, think you need to have a terrific goaltender in the playoffs. Kemper wasn't spectacular <laughs> throughout. He was far from it in the wins that he had. And you know, and you need 16 of them Yeah. in the 10 wins that he was given credit for because he was injured hockey, right? He was in, in those 10 wins. His goals against average is one point seven four in those ten wins. But you can it always you can you can keep looking though, and you can come up with the fact that his his uh, save percentage was the lowest since nineteen eighty eight for a goalie who won the cup. Well, at the and I agree with you, but at the end of the day, it matters how many pucks go in the net. Oh, absolutely. Not how, not how many not 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 the percentage of saves that you make. Well, I've said this a million times, and, and this is uh, undercutting my own argument to an extent, but I'm fine with it because. The, the game is full of contradictions like this. The fact of the matter is Patrick Waugh had some awful games as right. a playoff goaltender, and then but used it as motivation to right. back from it. And it's okay to have bad games. You just have to win 16. You, you don't have to go 16-0. and 0. You, you can go 16-14. and 14. Just as long as in those 16 <laughs> games, you're terrific, right? Right? Yeah. That's all that matters. You've got to be really good in those games because a lot of those wins are not going to be eight to six well, wins. They, they, they've got to win. You, you, they have to They'd be 16 and 12 to advance each round. Right. All right. With that, uh, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance just in case you missed it? Another former Nugget has signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll give you the details of that signing. And the Texans have settled claims versus team in relation to sexual misconduct allegations involving their former QB. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. 
Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Austin Rivers yesterday signed a one-year deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the T-Wolves have already signed Bryn Forbes this offseason. Of course, Tim Connolly leaving the Nuggets to go to Minnesota. So are the Nuggets and Timberwolves, are they uh, building a bit of a rivalry in this Northwest division? No, Tim Connolly's just getting the band back together. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, we know he wasn't that crazy about Malik Beasley, traded Jared Vanderbilt. Now he wants back some of his old guys. And you know what? If you want your old guys, you can have them. I'll be more than happy to have what Calvin Booth is doing. And I really like Tim Conley as a person. But honestly, and we'll talk more about this in the in the second hour of the show, I think that Calvin Booth has done things more in one offseason than you can make the case Tim Conley ever did. And if you want all these, if you want Austin Rivers, you can have them. I think the Nuggets would be more than happy to have KCP and Brown. You want Austin Rivers, knock yourself out. You can have them. You're not missing Jermichael Green then. No, I'm not. No. As I've said to you before, I think Tim Conley got too close to a bunch of his guys and didn't want to deal them. And I think Calvin Booth doesn't have a tie to a lot of these guys. And I want a GM who's a nice guy. You want to have a GM who wants a family atmosphere like a Tim Conley, but you don't want to be too close to your players. And I think that Tim Conley got too close to his players. And I, I think that's why year after year, offseason after offseason, we never saw, in my opinion, substantial changes because Tim didn't want to move anybody. Look at what the Nuggets have done. They have made two major acquisitions, in my opinion, on the perimeter and three-point shooting. Two of them, same guys, or two guys, I should say. One is Brown, one is KCP. I know people don't like the DeAndre Jordan signing because he's old and he isn't what he was, I don't know, 10 years ago. I get that. But he's got a high basketball IQ, and he brings some toughness as well. And he's not a knucklehead like DeMarcus Cousins. You don't miss Bryn Forbes either. No, I'm fine without him. Why do we need Bryn Forbes? You don't. Right. Right. He's a nice guy. He's a nice player. But at the end of the day, I think that Calvin Booth has done more. He really has. And I like the draft pick as well. And I think Tim Conley did a fine job in the draft. They needed three-point shooters and a guy and guys who can play defense on the perimeter. And bang, bang, they got two of the better guys out there. Agreed. So, so if you want Austin Rivers as a defensive specialist, knock yourself out. You can have KCP and Brown, yes. Valid. Yep. Valuable addition. The Houston Texans have reached settlements with 30 women who made claims or were prepared to make them against the NFL organization for its alleged role regarding sexual misconduct allegations against Deshaun Watson and massage sessions. Um, does this change anything with the NFL's pending decision to suspend Watson? I think having it settled might, uh, I, I don't even know how it would affect it, but it really it at least clears up the picture of having the lawsuits going on as, as he's being, as he's sitting out a year. He's going to sit out a year. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I'll just come out and say and be as delicate as I can. The guy who basically runs the Texans is a very religious guy. Is that an unfair statement, Terry? No. Okay. And he's the one who helped Sean Watson set up these rooms. 
this is cover your own ass territory for the Texans. They're trying to get out in front of this and say, well, we aren't the ones who did this. Yeah, we're kind of culpable in this. That's why they made settlements. But they don't want to be dragged down with Deshaun Watson, who could be dragged down really far. Now let's kind of leave it at that. Okay. Uh, Yesterday, you guys mentioned Randy Gregory and how he will miss the start of training camp and then also likely to miss the preseason games. Uh, So this leads me to this question. Who do you think leads the Broncos in sacks this year? I'll go with Draymond Jones. Okay. He'll have about seven. But a lot of it depends on health. If you're going to tell me Gregory and Chubb are going to play 17 games or even 14 or 15 games, I'd say one of them. But I think Draymond Jones has seven, so maybe I shouldn't say Draymond Jones. Um, I'm not sure because health plays a major role with the top two pass rushers. I'll try DJ Jones. DJ Jones? Really? I'm just taking a shot here. You took the... You well, know. Draymond Jones is a guy who does rush the passer. D- DJ Jones, that that's not his role. No. He can rush the passer, but that's not his role. His, his role is to clog up the middle and give the linebackers free shots at running backs and the quarterback. But DJ Jones, he, he says, I mean, he has said at his press conferences, he's a guy who can get to the passer, but if he has more than five and a half sacks, I'd be stunned. Okay, I think he'll get there. How many does Bradley Chubb finish with? Oh, it depends on his health. I mean, how, how many games does he play? You, tell me how many games you think he plays. Oh, I would say he plays about 12 games this year. I'll give him seven and a half, and I think I'm being generously high. I'll say nine. Wow. I'm okay. being generous, too. Yeah, you're really being. That's nearly a sack a game. Yeah. <laughs> Does, does Gregory get back into that picture at all? Well, it depends on his health and a lot of other things. We'll see how his shoulder is. All right, just in case you missed it, the Phoenix Suns have matched the Indiana Pacers' four-year $133 million maximum offer sheet on DeAndre Ayton. They seem to match it immediately, too. Um, why, why did they do that? They had until Saturday at midnight to match the offer sheet. The middle finger salute. To who? To the Suns? Yeah. Hmm. Wait. Can you ask the question again? Maybe I didn't hear you correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the Suns have matched the Indiana Pacers right. four years. The, the, yeah, the Pacers at the Pacers. At, at middle finger salute at the Pacers. I don't think they uh, did at all. The, the, Pacers, the Pacers made a huge offer. You know what this reminds me of? When John Elway decided to put a, I forgot what the tender was, like a second-round tender or third-round tender on C.J. Anderson, and Miami came in and made a big offer, and John Elway had to give C.J. Anderson money that he didn't want to give him but had to because he wanted to keep him. All they had to do was like give like a second-round tender. They could have paid him a lot less. The, the Suns have been pretty, from what I've read about the Suns, they weren't crazy about keeping Aiden, but now it looks like they're not going to get Kevin Durant. And I think they are paying him far more than they want to. Well, then why didn't they stall around and see what else could happen? Because it's getting too late. It's getting a little bit too late. I don't think they were dying to keep him. They certainly don't want to keep him at that price. But now they have to. They let another team set the market foolishly. And look what it got him. Now they have to keep him for at least, what, six months to a year? Now they have to hang on to him. Yeah, one when year. I understand they're, yeah, one year. They're not that crazy about him. 
Oh, it's, I, it's been well documented. But I'm just fascinated now, by the contradictions they they match so quickly. Well, what's the difference waiting another day? They they knew that. What's the, the difference no one else waiting was, another day? Why don't why not wait another day and see? I, I don't I don't think an extra 24 hours makes a difference. They, they they let another team set the market on him, is what they did. Well, it's just so unusual in sports anymore that the the, the equivalent of restricted free agency is utilized by anybody. No, it's very rare. It's very rarely used, though. Yes, rarely do guys in in restricted free agency get huge offers. Like, didn't Joe Sackett get a huge offer? Yes, he did. Was he that, did. He was, did. He, he was restricted. Fifteen of the twenty-one. He was unrestricted. Fifteen of the twenty-one million was up front. So that it was designed by the Rangers, so the Avalanche would not ma- would not be able a poison to poison pill. Yeah, poison pill. Yeah, yeah and he uh, Debbie did not put the check through the washing machine. So Joe, yeah. Joe was rich. All right. Uh, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store and uh, you can try out the appliances before you buy them. Uh, they have the top appliances out there. Big boxers. They don't have what Mountain High Appliance has. So if you really want to upfit your kitchen, only place to go, Mountain High Appliance, and let their sales staff that has been there for decades help you get what you want. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, we've been going over this all week. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN has listed at by position the top 10 players. Now we are at offensive tackle. Where is Garrett Bowles on the list? Or is he on the list at all? That's next. Life and full of love. Soft pace, I don't know if I am all right. Your mind is playing tricks with me. 